listening to No Names All Game. Okay, welcome back to No Names All Game, your go-to Penn State football fan podcast. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it every time you tune in. We are fans of the program. Uh, We are not experts, we're not journalists, we're not analysts, just a couple of guys who love talking Penn State football with each other and with the rest of you. Uh, So welcome back to the podcast, and welcome back, Sweens. How you feeling, my man? Pat, I'm trying to remember the last time we came off of a regular season win that was as dominant, exciting, kind of middle of the season as we just had in that whiteout. And I'm I'm feeling really, really good about that. It's 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 interesting to think about, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking maybe like a hmm. And outside of bowl games, right? Rose Bowl yeah, last yeah. year was great. We've had a couple of really good, but in season, right in the middle of the season, you know, feeling that that good about about a win like that. Yeah, what was the game? I think it was either like I'm gonna say either twenty maybe 2018 Michigan when Ronnie Bell dropped that touchdown pass in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I think it was a whiteout. Mm-hmm. That was probably the last time that we <laughs> oh, felt <man>. like this. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. This is this is a good feeling to be in. I think I think we as fans gotta make sure that we do kind of uh kind of enjoy that moment and enjoy that feeling of a win like that and and where this team is. Yeah, and uh, to me, that was that moment I talked about on the last podcast where those guys at the wedding were like, your third string tight end just caught a, <laughs> a touchdown in a primetime game against a ranked opponent up 3 nothing. <laughs> That's right. That, that That's was right. when it hit me. I'm like, man, this team is a little different than most of the ones that other people are dealing with, aren't they? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to be, a, to be a Nittany Lion fan. Exactly. But we know James Franklin's mantra. Every week we go 1-0, so we've got to move past. I was in the past now, and we move on. To Northwestern. Um, you know, this is a 11 o'clock local kick for them at a stadium that's not going to have a whole lot of people in it. Northwestern averages something like 17,000 people a game. Probably mm-hmm. be a little bit more with some Penn State fans traveling to the game. But, I mean, yeah, this is a Northwestern team that is not great, but is actually better than people expect. Uh, I think they went 1-11 last year. They're are they're already two and two, despite the fact that they lost their head coach. Right. Um, but I I kind of I don't know what to make of this team because you're you're talking about a team that scored like seven points against Rutgers and I think fourteen against Duke, but then put, mm-hmm. put up like in the mid thirties against UTEP and Minnesota. I mean, call UTEP what it is, but Minnesota's a Power Five, Big Ten mm-hmm. football program. This is like a bit of a bipolar team we're looking at here. Yeah, it feels it feels exactly like what what you would have identified them at the beginning of the season. They're playing with nothing to lose. I mean, you come into the season muddled in in the insanity and and the craziness that you have with um, you know with with the coaching situation and with all of the allegations and everything else. A lot of guys in here just probably feeling like if if they didn't leave, it's because you want to stay at the school because Northwestern's a great school rather than just because you're you're in for the football program. But it's it's a team that could things could go any which direction it feels like in a game. And I mean, a game like Duke, which is probably our best comparison because they're a, they're, you know, they're an undefeated ranked team power five. They've actually got a very good defense, um, which, which you wouldn't 
expect necessarily. I mean, just ACC in general, but Duke doesn't usually uh, carry a, a really solid defense, but they played very well uh, this season in terms of yards, points, everything across the board. Um, so so maybe a good comparison there when we're looking at it, but this Northwestern team feels like they could show up a different team every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I need to take a look at what Minnesota's done this year, but from what I can tell, um, you know, when when they play good defenses, they don't tend to do much. Mm-hmm. Um, now Minnesota, I know they opened up against Nebraska this year, right? I believe so. Is that them? Um, but you know, fourteen against Duke, seven against Rutgers. Who, you know that that's a decent defensive team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, weirdly, Minnesota's not letting up like a ton of points this year, but uh, Northwestern able to able to put up some some numbers against them i i think the big thing for them is that they can pass you know right uh right. so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays against this well i think what most people perceive as the strength of this penn state defense which is their defensive backfield um mm-hmm. uh, james franklin has said that their quarterback ben bryant is going to be the best passing qb we've seen so far this year uh, admittedly right. not a particularly high bar, but <laughs> you're, you're looking at a guy who's completed in 60% of his passes, six to three touchdown to interception ratio. And they've got, I think four guys with over a hundred yards receiving on the year and mm-hmm. 10 plus receptions, you know, compare that to Penn state. Who's got one guy over a hundred yards receiving on the year. Right. It, this is not a nothing passing attack. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's definitely going to be different than a lot of the looks we've seen. Um, but then again, this is also not a running quarterback. Uh, his his numbers rushing wise are pretty abysmal in, in a lot of ways because he just doesn't get deployed that way, which actually had been at first something we thought after West Virginia, we might actually uh, be, be a little bit tougher against. Um, and and I think it'll be interesting how it plays out. And we we talked about it a lot in the Iowa um, postgame recap. We just saw our defensive line look unstoppable at times. That's that's rushing three. That's rushing four. And in a game where they're going to split out a ton wide and they're going to try to let their QB go to work on his reads and and try to open up the field, if we're getting pressure with that same amount, that's where it's going to be an interesting battle to see. You know, is is this really a passing uh, defense or offense, or or have they just not been checked as much in that, or they've been forced into it? In the case of Duke where, you know, they went behind early and they had to resort to trying to pass it a lot throughout the rest of the game. That is true. I, I don't think Penn State has really faced a quarterback this year who is not a running threat at all, unless mm-hmm. you count once Luke Altmeyer got hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then you, you saw what happened there. Uh, right. Not pretty right. for the, the pass-only quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah. But that one thing that intrigues me is, Their run defense looks very, very bad. They're ranked last in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Um, They played fine in that respect against Rutgers and UTEP, uh, both, I think, pretty bad offensive teams, admittedly. But Mm -hmm. Duke ran for 268 yards with a 6.7 average and five touchdowns. And Minnesota won for 244 with 5.8 and two touchdowns. So this should Mm -hmm. be a day where we finally see those running backs really go to work. Yeah, it's it's getting gashed uh, pretty much week in, week out. It's 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 looking like as soon as you start controlling that game script, they don't really have much they can throw at you to stop that. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how we approach it. Again, we've we've been playing that very take what the defense is going to give you in, in your best situations because that's how they're going to sustain offensive success. And this would very much so play out as a very run-heavy game. Um, but but we'll, we'll see what they're seeing because you never know what they're going to put onto the field to try to neutralize the Penn State offense and, and how we'll respond to that. Yeah, and I think some of the players to watch for in this game on on at least the offensive side of the ball for Northwestern, we mentioned their quarterback, Ben Bryant. Uh, leading rusher is Cam Porter, 203 yards on the year for you know just above a four-yard per rush average, one touchdown. Also has 10 receptions, though. Uh, they've got wide, a wide receiver, Bryce Kurtz. He's got 17 receptions for 274 yards and two TDs, putting up some you know, kind of Keandre Lambert-Smith-like numbers as far as us. And then, like like I mentioned, just a bunch of other guys who have been fairly productive in the past game, including, like, their third-string running back who has <laughs> six receptions <laughs> and is getting those at a 20-yard-per-reception clip, which, you know, although is admittedly boosted by one 85-yard reception. So, you know, but there's a guy who can who can explode at the very least. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking down the list now. They have 17 guys who've caught a pass this year on the team. I mean, they they are running out a lot of different guys onto the field to see what's working, what's not working. And and yeah, you could you could account that for some of the games where maybe they started rotating in some backup players, but for the most part, um, you know, they're they're actively rotating in this many offensive guys to to try to get the ball in, in different guys' hands to see what can happen. A handful of guys who are, of course, their go-tos, but a bunch of guys with with just a smattering of catches out here, which is interesting to see. Yeah, it's 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 going to be intriguing to see. Like, are we going to get the Northwestern that got dominated by Rutgers? Are we going to get the Northwestern that you know put up a bunch of points against Minnesota? Like, are we getting good Northwestern? Are we getting bad Northwestern? Or is Penn State just good enough that they're going to make them look bad? Mm-hmm. Right, right, which is always the conversation after the game, right? Yeah. After you play that team is when oh they were they were never really that good anyway, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll it'll be part of the part of the conversation no matter what. Um, but yeah, it, it, again, it it does kind of feel like a mystery. I mean, you're getting them in their home field, so maybe that gets them a little more comfort on the front end. But again, home crowd advantage for them is almost null, so it doesn't. It's really... more of an energy suck from the home crowd advantage. <laughs> Then like it, it's like it's almost like a home crowd disadvantage, and that it just gives the other team no like it it, right. it drains the other team, but it's not exactly well, exciting your team. We'll see some white. We'll we'll possibly see a, a fair amount of white clustered in in the front of some of the stands, as as we've been known to do on some of the road games where the stadium doesn't fill. Exactly. Um, but this game, uh, Penn State's a twenty-seven point favorite. I think it opened up at like twenty-five and a half or twenty-six. So. Despite the big spread, people are putting their money on Penn State uh, mm-hmm. over under of 46, which I mean is a little high, but nothing crazy considering Northwestern has scored some points and Penn State mm-hmm. is clocking 30 points a game very reliably at this point and Northwestern's defense doesn't look great. But, mm-hmm. you know, all that aside, what you guys are here for is to see what Sweens and I think about what's going to happen in this game. And we're going to tell you what to be watching for in this matchup of Penn State versus Northwestern, ranked versus unranked, blue chips versus no chips, 
<laughs> Swings, what are you watching for? Oh, there's, there's going to be a lot of chips crunched, I think, in the stadium that you'll be able to hear from the sidelines on this one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what, what I'm watching for is Penn State taking this opportunity to rotate in a ton of younger talent guys. I believe uh, I saw that Tony Rojas is going to actually burn his red shirt if he steps on the field for this one and, and plays into this game, which he definitely will. I think we're going to see a smattering more of wide receivers start to get a chance to go make some plays in a game like this. Um, I think we rotate in every single running back that this team has, uh, plus our our standing running back with Bo. Um, it's it's going to be a game where we're going to see a lot of guys on the field playing, and I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be cool, and I don't just think that's in dead time at the end. I think that's guys playing some key roles throughout the game where we we have packages to to allow them to go and, and get on the field in some meaningful time. Yeah, I like that, and I I think you know. What what I'm watching for is in this game is like is is this when Penn State finally opens up the offense and is explosive? We touched on the fact that I think that can definitely happen in the run game. I would expect it to. They've given mm-hmm. up a lot of yards to running backs, so I don't think are as good as ours. I think our offensive line is clicking and getting better every week. I think this game against Iowa was their best week yet, and those holes are going to be a little bit bigger for Nick and Catron than against Northwestern than they were for Iowa. Um, Mm -hmm. you're talking about a defense that's given up longs of 25 and 43. So those explosive plays are on the table. It's not just guys grinding them out like carry after carry. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I am a little interested in though, is are we going to see those explosive plays in the pass game? Um, Mm -hmm. We haven't seen much of them since the first touchdown pass against West Virginia. (laughs) I think, you know, kind of by design Uh and, Truth be told, Northwestern, as porous as their defense has looked, is not giving up a ton of passing yardage. Uh, Their longest reception given up on the year is 36 yards. Uh, Every quarterback against them is in like the high hundreds to low 200s passing yards. Mm -hmm. I think that might be partially because they don't need to be uh, because the run defense is so poor. But, you know, our... I think as we move forward into this trickier part of the Big Ten schedule, you might mm-hmm. see Mike Yersich want Drew Aller to start right. opening things up a bit. Yeah, take some shots when it's not it's not going to be as detrimental, right? Get get that groove on some of those long balls and some of those those plays that take time to develop, honestly, when when you want him to be able to sit comfortably and then really launch off the back foot and and take those shots that really right now we're only seeing him maybe do them in practice. And you got to get a feel for it in a game. Yeah, exactly. Like how, how does Drew and this offensive line handle, you know, longer dropbacks where he's holding the ball a little bit, waiting for stuff to develop, mm-hmm. you know, are right. they holding on to the blocks? Is he seeing the field properly when he's waiting a lot longer? Is his internal clock good? All things that we've, we've seen from him a little bit so far, mm-hmm. but not a lot on a consistent basis and stuff that I, I think we're all expecting to have to see at some point in the year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, most important part of this game is, of course, the final score at the end. Does Penn State come out with the win? And what do they have to do to get that win? Sweens, what is your key to victory in this game? Uh, I I hesitate to say it, but with the sleepiness of an 11 o'clock kickoff is, does this team have that killer instinct and that motivation that elite teams bring when you're playing a super underwhelming opponent in a stadium that's going to be dead 
in an area where you're expecting to come out with a win either way? And do they, do they come in with that fire and they're just, they're just that type of motivated where it doesn't matter where, when, how, why this is going to be that team that we just saw last week, or are we going to watch a a sleepwalk first half where they're they're slogging through the defense is probably going to be the defense. And you just kind of come away again, almost like an Illinois level underwhelmed where it's fine. It's good. But for a team that's going for what they're going for this year, does it does it reignite that level in us that says, oh, like they were good, not amazing, unimpressive. Like I just really want to see the team know that every single week is a performance for the committee. Every single week should be a chance to make a mark because you don't know. Northwestern could go on and rip off three straight wins. And then all of a sudden, whatever happened in our game against them is more important than you realized. And so every week, that one and mentality really needs to be locked in that that this is, again, another chance to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all saw what happened with Penn State's last local 11 a.m. kick. The It was the worst offensive performance of the season. Um, very much bailed out by, I don't want to say bailed out, but, you know, aided by a really impressive defensive performance. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is easy to do in an atmosphere like this, where there's going to be a lot less energy in that stadium than there was in Champaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Franklin, <laughs> during his interview, I, I think it was yesterday, was talking about how he's making them practice with no music at all. And they asked him to turn him up and, and he's refusing to do it just to get them prepared to like play in front of like a, a graveyard, basically. Mm-hmm. Which I think is yeah. kind of hilarious, but I mean, it, Let's not pretend this isn't a thing that Northwestern does to teams, though. I mean, mm-hmm. Think about all, like a lot of the times we've played Northwestern, they just kind of bring the worst out of you. Lull you. It's it is. It's ugly. It's it's a it's a party with with warm drinks and terrible stale snacks, and you just you don't want to be there. But one of your friends is still there, so you got to hang around. It's just. It's not fun, but it's a chance to go and and still make a point that they need to make week in, week out. Yeah, it might not be a fun party, but it's when you got to show up to, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to me, this game is all about the defense staying disciplined. Uh, you you touched on you know some of the things that could be distracting or lazy in this game. And I the, the defense can't afford to have that because this is a Northwestern offense that has that explosive capability. Mm-hmm. They've had multiple receptions of 80 plus yards this season. They can strike fast. And if, you know, your defensive back falls asleep and a receiver gets behind them, you know, the quarterback might not be a five-star guy, but he's going to hit you down the field. And all of a sudden they've got, you know, if you're not paying attention, they've got 14 going into halftime and it's, it's a game. Mm -hmm. I I don't think North Northwestern's defense has, just, you know, the players and the horses to keep up with a Penn State offense all day long. Mm-hmm. But if their offense is having success on the other side of the ball and that defense is getting enough time to rest and Penn State's offense is staying off the field, you know, that's where it can, <laughs> that's where this mm-hmm. game could get muddy and Northwestern can drag you down. Yeah. And, and this Penn State team's got to remember, especially on defense, when you walk into town for some of these teams, they're going to spend half 
their time thinking of ways to break down what they've seen on this defense. It's going to be weird trick plays. You're going to see some different alignments. You're going to see some stuff that's meant to throw off the flow of the defense to try to gain some chunk plays because they know that straight up one-on-one, that's just, that's not how you beat a team of this caliber. So you're going to, you're going to start taking teams best shots and yeah, if you don't if you don't have your ducks in a row and you you fall for an end around and they they throw back across the field for 50 yards, that's depleting, right? Your your defense feels tricked, it feels like you just weren't awake, and that's that's where teams start to get you a little bit and that's what this lull to sleep could be. So yeah, defensive discipline is going to be huge. Uh, you know, hopefully those those front linemen come to play and you start seeing them get into the backfield right away early. Quickest way to disrupt the offense is to be in the middle constantly. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely can't come out and just think that that Northwestern's got nobody um, that can make a play because they, they got a couple guys. They really do. Exactly. I mean, I, I would imagine Northwestern's got more talent on that team than Delaware does. And Delaware ripped off like a 70 yard touchdown run because mm-hmm. we got caught being lazy and and sloppy. Right. Um, right. Don't expect these guys to roll into this stadium, you know, accepting their place as the team that's supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. They went one and eleven last year and lost their head coach that's been there since as long as I've been alive, <laughs> and they've already doubled their win total from last year. So I mean, they're they're not yeah. that that says to me this is not a team with the attitude of we're going to lay down and lose. We don't care who you think we are. Yeah, not only that, Pat too, but I mean the West right now is a mess, right? Yeah. I mean they just beat Minnesota. And nobody else in the West is is just showing that they're going to be dominating. I mean, yeah, Wisconsin and a couple other teams are, are playing well, but not elite. I mean, Northwestern's probably sitting there figuring we got a good a chance of anybody to, to make a little bit of noise here. And if they come away, even at the top half of the West, that's a that's honestly a success for that team. So they, they are by no means in a position to not achieve a potential better season than they might have anticipated at this point. No, I think that that's a great point. You're you're absolutely right. There's there's no one who is completely out of the running for that <laughs> that division. And li- I listen, I don't care who you are. You get to that Big Ten title game, and I know the, the starting quarter, quarterback, the other team trips getting off the bus. Right, my right. Big Ten title. So like, there's going to be fire in this team's belly. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, every game comes with stuff we expect, stuff that surprises us. But I'm going to tell you right now. Don't be too surprised if this game is close at half. I'm not talking about like a three-point or even a one-score game. Mm-hmm. If you look at the games Penn State has played against Power 5 opponents so far this year, none of them have been blowouts at half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delaware obviously was, but other than that, I think we were up by like seven points against West Virginia, nine points against Illinois, and ten against Iowa. Those are all games where we covered the spread and they ended up being, you know, in that blowout territory. But mm-hmm. those were all games at halftime. And yeah. in a game that we have touched on that, that can can open up sloppy because of the timing and the atmosphere can open up lazy. And I, I also think that Mike Yersich is not going to come out firing in the first half. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of feeling out what this Northwestern defense gives us first couple of drives are, you know, if they're successful are going to be of the nine, eight, 10 play variety, right? Unless they're breaking off long runs. I wouldn't expect the explosions to be happening until the second half. 
Exactly. And that's uh, honestly, Pat, I think that literally trends exactly to what you were saying earlier, which the identity of this offense has been long, multi, double digit play drives for scores. And it's not that they haven't been successful in those drives to score, but you can only run so many of those in a half. I mean, that's six, seven, eight minutes you're taking off the clock for one score. And usually when you see blowouts in the first half, it's because of explosive plays where you score in three plays or two plays, and it takes less than a minute off the clock. You can rack those up, and that's how you get to 21, 28, nothing. But if you never do that, which this identity uh, on this offense hasn't been there, it's really difficult to get that super level blowout lead in the first half and especially because of the way we've been approaching it that's that's been the case it's a feel out it's success but it's it's success to a point and and then yes the the second half has has carried away we would always hope it to but that trends exactly where where this offense has been but Sweens, tell me what i should be surprised by in this game yeah don't don't be surprised if you see our rushing number tick into the 40s and we still average something like five to six yards of carry i think everyone's going to get involved i think everyone's going to be hitting some gasher style holes um again i'm hoping we're both hoping that we see one of those 60 or 70 yarders but i think we're going to see a lot of 12s a lot of 15s where the holes are there a tackle's getting broken and you're not seeing guys get brought down until the second level um i i definitely anticipate that this run group this lawn boys group is really going to be ready and they're going to see their eyes are going to be big looking at this team. And it's a chance to get their numbers in in a good place. And that's going to carry the whole game. In my opinion, that's going to carry all the way through, whether they're up, up, you know, one touchdown or whether they're up big, I think the run game is just going to see success all the way through. And we're going to see some really good run numbers come back on this one. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, running the ball is the safest option on offense. And if you're, killing them with the run every offensive coordinator is just going to keep taking it um mm-hmm. my my bold prediction for this game is going to be that nick singleton breaks a 40 plus yarder market market i'm, I'm right. saying 40 plus because you never know what part of the field it's going to happen that's on. Fair. you know i don't want to say 80 <laughs> it could just happen across the 50 we might, line. we might never have the ball that far back to be <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's the other thing yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i i think this is when nick finally hits a big one, maybe starts hitting his stride. I think you mm-hmm. saw it last season. A lot of the same frustrations early on that we're seeing now. Yeah. Like, it always sure. felt like he was one move, one broken tackle away from breaking it. And then mm-hmm. I forget what game it happened in, but once it did, it seemed like he was doing it with some regularity. Floodgates opened, right, exactly. But end of the day, the only thing that matters at the end of this game is what the score is up there for the final uh, Sweens, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I did this by accident. I predicted a score without thinking about what what the over under was. But I'm going 38 to seven. Bit of a slow start. Sleepy morning. Penn State uh, for a total of 45 coming in with the Calicchio Classic. Penn State covers, hits the under, and the defense comes through for me. Very very much so a classic on that one, Pat. Um, I, I am of the opinion, as I just said, don't be surprised that this run game is finding so much success that every trip we take down to the red zone is going to result in a touchdown. And I think that ends up with Penn state taking this one 42 to 10, um, possibly allowing a play here or there, maybe, maybe end of the game on, on a, you know, a lucky break on Northwestern side, but, but never too much in question. 
and uh, they just find that continued success getting into the end zone. That's a that's a cover, and that's the over, which is uh, has has actually become a little more part of my identity here. I'm realizing, uh, but I'm I you know following in Chris's footsteps on on really enjoy taking that over. <laughs> His legacy lives on. <laughs> uh, it, Absolutely, I would not mind that happening. But Penn State has yet to score in the 40s against a Power Five opponent this year. Uh, in the 30s for all of them. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think the big 63-point game against Delaware. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, we're looking 38, 30, 31. So we will see. That's close, though. That's we close. We'll see. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> all right. But like I said, up at the top, this week it's all about going 1-0 yet again. Northwestern, Northwestern, Northwestern. We are. We are.